Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Hola. Hola. Seriously? Really? Okay. Hi, gonna guys. Get, I'm going to get to you just for a second, <laughs> but just in a second. But really quick, I want to welcome all of you guys who are just jumping on. If you haven't uh, been, you know, I haven't jumped on and you've actually been a part of this, uh, I want to just say again, again, I'm so grateful for the fact that we were able to do so many amazing things because of you. We totally could not do some good news without your generosity, without your support. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, okay. So we're in this series called Voices and my next guest here is Thomas Floyd. Hi. Hi. Now, were you pretending to know Spanish or are you like, do you have any connection to the Spanish world or the Latin world? I do. Really? I am originally from Santiago, Chile. I was born and raised there. And when I was 11 years old, I moved here to the States. So I do have some connection. You have dis- you, I have you lost s- a little bit of, I've lost a little bit, but of, I, can of, still, okay. I can still speak. You can speak. You can, can still speak or speak English or you can speak... I can speak Spanish. You can. You can. can. Okay, well, let's, let's have it. Let's have it. Uh, Naim is muy loco. Muy, muy loco, okay. Naim. First of all, I know what that meant <laughs> and crazy. I could say that, I think. No, I couldn't. I couldn't say that. No. What else would you like me to say? I don't know. Something else, man. This is your, this uh, is your shot. Welcome all the people from Chile. Hola, Chile. Como esta? <laughs> I don't, I don't think anyone from Chile is actually watching this. You never know. You never know. Come on. Right? Familia de Chile, ¿cómo están todos? You said something about earlier before the recording. You said something about my, me having a problem. What did you say? What was that? Oh, Naim uh, tiene muchos problemas. Muchos problemas. So what does that mean? Like, that, that means you have many, many problems. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're, I got you here because you're actually a psychotherapist, right? I am. Am I right? I am. Okay. You're a bilingual psychotherapist. Yep. And, uh, and let's see. What, oh, yeah. And your wife says that you're the whitest Spanish boy that she knows. The whitest Hispanic boy that Hispanic she knows. Hispanic boy. Yeah. Is that? As she's watching this, she's appalled. Like, she's probably going she's like, like why? this. Why? 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 Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> well, hey, so I'm glad you're on. Uh, little, let's get a little bit serious here. Yeah, so we are having happy a to be here. Yeah, we're having a conversation about men. It's, so it's mm-hmm. Father's Day weekend kind of deal, and so it's about dads, but it's really about dudes because dads are dudes, you know, dudes are dads. This kind is of thing. true. That's, that's the thing. You're spitting facts right now. I, I write, right here. Write this, write this down, someone. Um, but we want to have a conversation about... Um, 
just men, men and spirituality, mm. and men in and Jesus. How, how does that work? You obviously are a psychotherapist, and so I'm so grateful for you to join this conversation. Thanks for having um, me here. I'm really excited. Yeah, I I think it's it's going to be amazing. The conversations we have had, uh, I think we're going to get pretty into it. So let's just get into it, right? Sure. Let's get into it. So you you mentioned John 15 as our mm. kind of an anchor passage. Yeah. So, Let's, yeah, let's get into that. What is that? Yeah, so let's, let's talk about John 15. I'm going to read John 15, 1 through 5, yeah. and then we'll just start talking about it. Let's so, do it. Uh, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Mm. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Hmm. So one, one of the things that I think is really important about this verse is the, the vision of union that John actually talks about, that we are united with our Father. Yeah. And that, um, so I think I, part of what we want to talk about today is identity and what it means to have our identity rooted in Jesus. Yeah, so uh, as we were talking about this, I mean, I'm curious, um, you know, this passage is not, it's not easy for mm. a Again, I don't want to say just all guys to grasp this, but it's, it seems like it's a lot of abstract stuff. It's a lot of like, okay, I'm a gardener. I don't even like cutting my lawn. I mean, that's me. You're talking about fruit and pruning. And, and, then, and then it ended with this. You said in verse, you read in verse 5, it said like, you know, without me, you can't do anything. And which, which to me, I mean, just being honest, you're like, uh, there's a lot of things I can do. Yeah. And there's a lot of things people do. So there's obviously, obviously a deeper meaning in all of this, right? Right, right. Isn't that how so much of the Bible works? We sometimes read it and we're like, what did I just read? Right. <laughs> but, but one of the things that is really important, I think, about what John is talking about here is that John wants us to see what the vision of the Christian life is. And I think as we're talking about men and as we're talking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and be a man it's, it's being rooted in the fact that we are united with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have actually invited us into a relationship uh, with them. And so I think when we're talking about the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, and every branch, all this kind of stuff, it's an invitation to actually participate in intimacy and closeness in relationship. And there's a pruning process that takes place. Like sometimes there are things that we have to actually allow to fall away mm. so that uh, intimacy and closeness and relationship, it's like in any relationship, right? Right, right, right. Uh, right. Even, I mean, let's, for a second, it doesn't have to be about God, but just about our relationships with our friends and our spouses and our kids. There, there are things that need to be worked through sometimes. Right, right. These things you got to give up, get over. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, move things around in a sense, and not just in your, in your space, but in your mental space. Like, Absolutely. Okay, this does not 
need to be there anymore. I got to get rid of that. Get rid Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Now you've been a part of ICU talks, you know, which has been an amazing ministry here at Mosaic, and uh, you've done a lot of things about attachment. You, you know, yeah. on Facebook Live, um, and so you come with a lot of just knowledge about how, um, not how just things work, but also experience in terms of real life stories yes. with men talking about how hard it is to really be. Um, a follower of Jesus. Mm. So, in light of this passage that you sent, uh, that you read, <laughs> that you read um, and you sent to me earlier, but um, you talked about intimacy, identity, and I'm like, okay, those are all the issues guys are like. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to say that all guys have issues with, but it's like, why are we talking about this? Because yeah. it seems like, in what one passage you mentioned to me is like the fruits of the spirit. You mentioned fruits <laughs> of the spirit, and you're like, you read it to me, and then you're like, this. This is like a guy who's like, this seems like a female, uh, what did you just call it? Like a, a well, I mean, female qualities or something? Well, my point with that was that when we think about the fruits of the Spirit and we yeah. think about uh, gentleness and kindness and all Long of these suffering, things, right. self-control, part of the narratives that we hear in our culture is that those are female qualities yeah. and those are things that females possess, but... I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that spiritual maturity for men, not just women, but for men, is to be living into those in better ways, to, right. be, to be more kind and to be gentle and to have self-control. And um, all of these things, I think, are, are true marks of what spiritual maturity actually looks like. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, and, and because of that, I feel like there, this, is kind of, this is a kind of hard conversation to have because yes. the passage you read, then the fruits of the Spirit, again, it seems so, dis, dis, so distant from the world that some men might live in. Like, you're like it's just, it's so, it's, it's like, I, I just, I'm not quite sure because we talked about this idea of like some men, like why are we having this conversation? Some men just kind of uh, forfeit mm. or tap out, yeah. you know? And we were talking about Tapping out and the idea of where that term came from, and uh, and I told you I you know I I trained jujitsu you know uh, Gracie jujitsu and I've actually had to tap out mm. and it's humbling and it's it's awkward and I'm like I actually didn't even want to get to a place ever again yeah to do that yeah and I think yeah we talk about men tapping out but I think sometimes wouldn't you agree some men forfeit like yeah. they don't even try yeah to get into the fight. Right. Is that true? Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think that's true for men. And I think part of it, and maybe we can, as, as we continue, we can talk about this. Yeah. But I think part of what happens is that the, the narrative about, quote unquote, what the Christian life is about becomes so extensive and hard that men say, it's not even worth it because I'm not going to be able to check all those right. boxes. All right. It's hard for me to provide and to read my Bible and to pray and to do all of these things. And so then they say, well, if that's the case, then, then it's um, not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's a great lead into the three major questions we want to hit based on this passage. Okay. Cool. And the three, the, let's go right into it. Number one, why do so many men fake, fake following Jesus? Mm. Because let's just be honest. Let's just be really honest. There are some of, you know, there are some men out there 
and um, who are just faking it. You're just faking following Jesus. You're here because of your family, because you think it's the right thing to do. You're doing it because of, uh, you love your wife, you love your family, you love the idea of mm. being a church person or watching. I mean, you, but you're truly faking it. And, and, and also, some people, they, they, they start off with a, they're not necessarily faking it. They feel like they should but then, they, then something happens, something goes wrong at work, something mm. goes wrong in their, like things don't work out. Yes. Expectations are not hit, not met, yes. disappointment sets in, de- depression hits in, s- things just happen. Life right. gets complicated, right. and then they just go, I'm going to fake it. Mm. And then five years roll around, and they're still faking it. Yeah. So why do men fake following Jesus? <laughs> That's a real softball question. Man. I know, right? It's a real softball <laughs> question. Well, I think as we begin to answer this question, one of the things that's really important to talk about is what does it actually mean to follow Jesus? Yeah. And, and part of what happens in the Gospels is Jesus is continuing to invite people into relationship. He said, follow me. He's kind of modeling what it's like to actually follow him. And I think for men, oftentimes, uh, one of the things that happens is, like I said earlier, they say, I can't do all the things that the Christian life has told me that I need to do. Uh, and then they come because their wives want them to come mm-hmm. and, or you know, their girlfriends or so whatever. But, but I think one of, one of the things that happens is they just become very overwhelmed. The second thing I think that happens is one of the, and we have to be able to talk about cultural narratives here mm-hmm. because they're really important. One of the, the cultural narratives that our culture really values is that men are doers. And you, you mentioned that Kim and I are doing attachment work. But I, I believe that a lot of men have this thing called dismissive attachment. It's a dismissive and avoidant attachment, which means that they say, I don't want to talk about feelings. I don't want to talk about this relationship stuff, right? Yeah. I just want to do. I want to, they are action-oriented, right? They're action-oriented. But the Christian life is not just action-oriented. Mm-hmm. It's, it's action and contemplation. If you study the life of Jesus, what you actually see is that Jesus was healing the sick, and he was going to the marginalized, and he was lending a hand to people that needed it. But he also had these moments where he went to you right. know, the quiet yeah, place, yeah. or he went, you know, Matthew yeah. talks about how he... He went up high on a mountain, and he, went, he did all these things. And I think sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes for men, the contemplation and the not doing becomes incredibly hard. It's, that is, it's like the weight of silence, in yes. a sense. Like yes. how loud it gets sometimes. Yeah. It's like, uh, no, just tell me what to do. But mm. then the, 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 the Christian life is really is about... Becoming someone, yes. not believing something, yes. you know, yeah. and so, and that 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 is hard. You mentioned earlier in our conversations about like sometimes what happens is is like so why men um, fake it is because I mean just the weight of sin mm. because it seems like it's, it's either sin or shame yeah. or rejection. I mean, it, it yeah. seems like there's a standard, yes, and they're like, I'm never going to hit that, yeah. Is that, you, is that true? Yeah, that's, that's accurate. And, and part of what happens, too, is that we, we perform. We, we think that we have to be somebody, so we perform and we put a certain hmm. mask on. 
And so, and then what happens is we, you know, if you, if you look at the, the data and things that are happening, you know, so many, and this is not just for men, this is men and women, uh, addiction, there's sexual addiction, there's, um, you know, all kinds of different addiction. We cope in different ways. We, and so all of us then feel like we have to cope in our hidden way. We, we don't show, we don't right. want to actually show people what we're struggling with because we haven't created a space for vulnerability. And I right. think that, that leads to, to something else there that I think if we're talking about males and male spirituality, one of the things that we have to realize is if we don't deal with our pain, we will transmit it. Mm-hmm. If we don't actually deal with our wounding, and all of us, to a certain extent, right. experience some level of wounding. Like, you could have the, the most perfect parents in the whole wide world. Like you They're, do. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have perfect parents. <laughs> Peter and Monica Floyd are great. No, I mean that. They're probably watching. They, they're great. And Who's logo now? <laughs> and they have modeled really so many good things for me. And, but even as great a job as they did, there are yeah. things that yeah, I yeah, struggle yeah. with. All of us struggle with wounding. But we need to be, as men, uh, we need to be able to actually say, you know what? I'm not feeling it today. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. But because we have believed that we have to always be on at all times, then we feel like we're not enough, and then we struggle with shame, and then we struggle with guilt, and we struggle with all of these things. But the invitation that Jesus gives is, come as you are. If you right. read the gospel right, accounts right, right, over right. and over yeah. and over again, it's come as you are. Now, he'll change you and he'll transform you as you come, right. but the right. invitation is come as you are. Right, and linking it back to what you read, I mean, he's basically establishing a relationship that says, hey, listen, I'm, uh, I'm the true vine, mm. the father is the gardener, and you're connected to me. Yes. So he's already inviting yes. us into a reality that says, hey, listen, I know you're trying to fake this and all that, but I just want you to say, I just want you to know this, that, that even though you're struggling with, like, you feel reject- rejection of any kind, and I mean, as a guy, like, with my personality, Enneagram 3, whatever, you know, <laughs> I'm, rejection is kind of my thing. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's it messes me, you mm-hmm. know, it, in terms of, like, it's, I don't want to put content up there. I don't want to, I don't want to say the right thing. Uh, yeah. I just don't want to feel like rejection of any kind. Mm-hmm. And so, because of that, I will do things because I'm avoiding rejection. Yeah. In doing those things, now I am causing more shame yeah. because I'm doing some things I shouldn't be doing. So now it's not, yes. the, it's not just rejection. Yes. I'm, I, got sh- I got rejection and some shame. Mm. And, and I got something else in my back pocket. I'm like, I'm like, now I'm carrying all this and I'm like, number one, I don't know, I don't know how to share this. Mm. I don't know who to talk to about this. So I'm just going to fake it. Yeah. And I think the difference, uh, maybe it's important to talk about the difference between guilt and shame here. And this is from Brene Brown. Who, uh, who's, who's excellent, but one of the things Brene talks about is guilt actually has a positive quality to it yeah, right, because right, right. it can actually help you to not make the same mistake again. But what shame does, shame says you are bad. Right. Guilt says you did something that was probably not great, that was bad. And so one of the things that happens with shame is we feel like in our relationships with, uh, with God and as we're relating to Jesus, we feel like the mistakes that we've made are so uh, insurmountable 
that we can't actually come to the Father. Mm-hmm. So then we do what Adam and Eve did. Right. They, they ran and they hid. And I heard it put this way once by, by this guy I really respect. He said, what's happening with Jesus is Jesus is saying, I am at the bottom of everything. I am at the bottom of your worst mistakes, and I want to love you. And what do we do? We say, I'm not worthy. And he's saying, let me love you. And we say, I'm not good enough. And he's, but he's at the mm-hmm. bottom of all that. And he's saying, I want to love you. I want to be in relationship with you. And so we, I think that what's, what's ours to do is to actually, it sounds so simple, but allow Jesus to actually love us in the middle of that pain, to love us and to care for us in the middle of heartache sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, I, I, you know, love what you're saying, <laughs> but it is so hard to translate and put that into yeah. a real reality. I mean, and that's why we're having the conversation. Absolutely. That's why, you know, I appreciate what you do and, and, and why people are listening in, tuning in for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, okay. So we, we have to understand, you know, that there is a different way. There's another way. We don't have to fake it. Yeah. So let's not just fake it. Let's just call it like it is. Mm. And I think uh, one of the things I've said before at Mosaic, and I'll say it again right now, is that it is okay to lose your faith. Mm. Because it's, I think sometimes when you come to faith, come in, into faith and come and be, become a church person or a Jesus follower, it's like backsliding is like the worst thing. Yeah. You're going to, go to, yeah. you're going to, go to hell, hell for that. <laughs> and so there's a, there is no other. You cannot not ever not believe. And so at Mosaic, I've said, hey, it's okay to lose your faith as long mm. as you keep looking for it. Mm. So, like, I think it's okay to just kind of like, um, to, you know, to quote, uh, was it Token? Who said, not all who wander are lost. Yeah. You know? And sometimes we wander, and men mm. out there are wandering, and it's not because they're lost. They're just exploring. They're trying to figure yes. this out. And it's okay. Mm. It's okay to do that. And I think so, it's, but it's not okay is to fake it. Yeah. And I love some of the people who've said here, who've said, you know what, I, I used to believe, I don't believe anymore. Mm. And we're like, you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's so good. You know, Eugene Peterson said this about the Psalms. He said, what the Psalms do is that they ground us in honesty. Mm-hmm. They actually ground us in honesty. And I, I think Peterson is so right in that when we read the Psalms, but also when we're engaging with God, he wants us to actually be honest. Mm-hmm. Honesty is is so, so vital, so, so important. The other thing, too, that I would say is, in Ephesians, Paul talks about we were predestined for adoption, Mm. for our own adoption. And even before, you know, when we were on the phone talking about this, one of the things we discussed is this idea of the gospel of belief versus the gospel of transformation. And and hear me when I say Mm. this, belief is important. Belief is vital. It is, it is incredibly important, but somehow here in the American church, the body of Christ, we, we have taken belief and we have said, this is it. This is all you have to do. And I think one of the things that not only, well, men are, are doing this, but men and women, they, they want transformation. Right. That's why there are so many, if you actually look at the data, there are so many people that, I mean, for a long time, what sociologists were, were saying was 
people want nothing to do with faith and they want nothing to do with God. What you're finding now is that 90% of people actually want some kind of connection with, right. I mean, they might call it the divine, they might call it the whatever, but there's something that's actually longing for connection with a higher power. And, sure. yeah. and that's why I think, and we talked about this, people are actually flocking to contemplative practices. And for those of you guys that aren't familiar with contemplative practices, uh, I think it was in the third or fourth century, there were, in our tradition, in the Christian tradition, there were people that actually kind of went to the deserts to engage in prayer and transformation right. and contemplation. And, and I think if we, if we really want to find the gold in whatever it means to follow Jesus in a better way, it's to engage in transformation and not just belief. And yeah. I think the invitation that Jesus has for us is, if you let me love you, I'm going to transform yeah. you. Yeah. There's yeah. transformation right. that, that happens. Yeah. And that's why I think, like, like, what, like you, what you read earlier, it's like him saying, I'm the... Uh, 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 you're the branch you're connected to me Mm. we're in this together your growth kind of not but your growth depends on me like Mm. you depend on my growth you like like your growth depends on me in a sense i'll prune you yes like i'm part of this conversation it's not like like you do this fix this problem come to me so you can believe something and I'll bless you. Mm. That's not the game plan. The game plan is yes. you're connected to me whether you like it or not, <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. And if you want to do something that's actually worth something, because that's what he's actually really saying. He's not saying you can't do anything. He's yes. saying if you want to do something that's really connected to who you are, yes. like do something, really be who you are, you have to understand I am connected to you. Mm. Uh, we're connected. And if you can lean into that and, 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 and work out of being and yes. not doing oh that's good you know then you can actually live the life mm. you were meant to live called yes. to live so yes. um that, are, that yeah. being versus doing is so vital and it's so important because i think for many men the narrative that they hear is that they have to be doers yeah. they have to provide which i believe in providing uh they have to i don't know whatever the culture narrative is they have to work out they have to do this they have to do that well the list becomes so unsurmountable that then they start numbing out. And this is, and Kim and I have talked about this. There you go, Kim, you got your shout out. So Kim and I have talked about how if we're not careful, we will allow personality to just increase and increase and increase and increase. So our personality is not actually who we are. Our personality is what we add on to deal with our needs not getting met. So that, huh. that's why uh, someone like Suzanne Stabile, who I did a, a year, I had the privilege of doing a year internship program with her. And what she talks about is that she says, change is when we add something. So change is when we read a new book or do a new workout regime, regime or do a, whatever. Transformation occurs when something falls away, usually outside of our own doing. So... Huh. Transformation occurs when something falls away, usually outside of our own doing. And I think that's what John is talking about in John 15, when he's actually pruning us. We are actually allowing uh, false belief systems, false ways of being, false coping mechanisms to fall away. But here's the thing. It's not all daisies and roses. That's actually really hard sometimes. It's really hard to, to be like, actually, this 
this feels really good, but it may not be the best thing that's actually going to lead you to be a healthy human being. Mm. That's so good. So good. Well, that, that kind of sort of maybe even answers the second question, mm. uh, which was, why do men not follow Jesus? <laughs> right? And um, because there are some people who don't fake it, just, they just don't follow him. Yeah. They don't follow him. And, that's, and then you said something, I mean, you've said a lot of things, which is, I think, that could answer that question. Uh, but you mentioned something about, like, there is no space. There's either no space for men to actually express hmm. pain or they don't know how to express pain or never been taught to express pain yes. or allowed to yes. express pain. So because they don't know how to sit, process, communicate, mm. uh, uh, live in that a little bit, you know, um, yeah. they... I think you, you go from like extreme emotions to I have pain, so I either get angry, either it's like super angry or super depressed. Yes. Is yeah. that true? Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think that's part of it for a lot of, of men. I, I would say that um, because we live in a culture where vulnerability and expressing emotion and being able to say, yeah, I don't have it today. For, for many men, they don't feel like they have the permission to do that, A. But because they don't feel that, they also don't know how to do it. Yeah. They don't know. So, so what's the best way to deal with your own pain if you're a man? You externalize it. For some men. I'm not saying all men are like this. <laughs> Funny right, story. Right. My wife and I, uh, marriage seminars were the worst for us. Because uh, if you guys have any Enneagram knowledge, I'm an Enneagram 4. She's an Enneagram six. Fours are incredibly connected to their emotions. Uh, she is a six, not terribly connected to her emotions. And so when the, when the marriage seminar person says, you know, men, you guys just need to try to get connected to your emotions. Sarah's like, stop, stop, please. <laughs> oh my and so gosh. This, when we're talking about men, we're talking in generalities. It, it doesn't apply to every um, to every you know, man. I think that's why we kind of connect because I'm the same. Like Ashley's, like stop talking. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care how your day was and how you felt. I really don't. Like, yeah, or like express more. <laughs> express more about what you're feeling or how your day was. I could go for 20 minutes and Sarah could say a sentence, and I'm oh, like, yeah. is that really all? You is that got? it? That that, that was, was it. <laughs> Good stuff, hun. Is that it? <laughs> like what? Yeah. Uh, so how did we even get there. What was I even saying? It was your fault. Number I, one. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. No external. No, so right, we get right. angry. Yeah. Because we don't know how to express, hey, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling in my relationship with the Lord, or I'm struggling in relationships with other people, we allow that to get, def we allow defensiveness, bitterness, and anger to take root, right, right, right. and then we just kind of unleash that, yeah. because that feels a lot better than actually being vulnerable about the fact that we're not in a good place. Yeah, and I, you know, and I've seen this just with just friends that I have, like, you know, I've there are people who are self-deprecating, yes. you know, and men, I find some men who are just really cruel to, to themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm like, stop. Like I've said this before. I'm like, stop talking or stop saying that because your soul is listening mm. and you keep telling your soul yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, just stop it. But they don't know how to say it. That's like good. it's, it's not, I don't know. I don't know how to tell you that I don't have it together. So I'll just make fun of the fact that I just don't have it together. Mm. Yeah. There's got to be a better way, yeah. right? And I think, I, think, I think when it comes to you know, men not following Jesus, I think it's the same thing. It's like 
like, well, I can't, I can't really, I can't do this. Mm. Like, I can't do this. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna follow him. I, I, I don't. I think the gospel is like, like the 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 gospel of like really being the person you were created to be. And allowing grace for people to become that person, especially men yeah. in this society, that grace doesn't seem to exist. Mm. Yeah. In the Christian world. No, it doesn't. Right? It doesn't. And I, and it's so weird because it's like, and men feel it. They're like, I have more grace outside the church yes. to be the guy that I'm supposed to be than in here because mm-hmm. in here we're all supposed to be like Jesus. And honestly, it's the Jesus that my wife wants me to be, <laughs> and she's got yeah. an idea, or my girlfriend, you know, yes. wants me to be, and I, or my, or I should be. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm out. That's excellent, and and I think the other component of all of this is the component, and and in my work as a psychotherapist, I talk about this a lot. You cannot separate emotional well-being and emotional health and spiritual maturity. Those and. And say that one more time. That's so good. <laughs> say it one more time. So, and I'm relying here on Pete Cesaro's work, but you cannot separate emotional well-being and emotional, um, just emotional well-being and emotional wellness and spiritual maturity. For, for too long, what the church has actually done is it said, you have to be spiritual. You have to be mature. You have to read your Bible, which I believe in. You have to pray, which I believe in. But... If all we do is you have to do all these work-based things to be, quote-unquote, spiritually mature, but you're not actually emotional, emotionally well, what happens is you can come here on a Sunday morning, you can raise your hand, you can say, me and Jesus are awesome, we are going to Hawaii, we're, we're so great, right? And then you come home and your wife like, says, hey, can you take the trash out? And then we just like snap, sorry. You don't hit somebody. But, like, we just snap, right? right? And I, I just think that's where the emotional maturity and the emotional wellness is so important. And actually following Jesus, when we follow Jesus and we engage with him and we spend time with him, he actually reveals those things. Yeah. And, and part of that, I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm a therapist, but I, I've had to do my own work in, in my own relationship with my own wife. And I've had to say, all she did was ask me to do this. And I was ready to pounce. I was defensive. I was angry. And, and I had to admit wrongdoings and say, you know what, Sarah? Like, that's not on you. That's actually on me. Yeah. And I need, I need to do the work of discovering why that is. Yeah. And it's so good because I think, I mean, and we could keep on going because I, I think that, like you said, uh, Sometimes it's so easy to just go, we're just going to pray more about it. Yeah. And read more Bible about it. Mm. Or just get more spiritual about it. And the truth is, you just need to grow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, and, and I'm not talking about the guys. I'm talking, I love you ladies. I love you. But like, in talking to men, mm. you need to grow up. Like, because... You're putting stuff on us that we're not supposed to carry. We're not. We're not. We're not your dad, mm. right? We're we're not your dad, and we're not. We're not someone else. We're not the ex. 
we're not that, we weren't that. Mm. So it's very tough, right, to have a conversation yes. with someone that is seemingly an adult, but then switches spiritually to a teenager. Yes. And yeah. then now you're like, what, what do yeah. I do? And then, like, these are very hard conversations. And I think for men, it's worth it, guys. I mean, just to, let you, just to encourage you, I mean, if you're not faking it, following Jesus, great. That's awesome because you got to start there. Just stop faking it, okay? Um, might as well just say it if you don't believe, okay? Mm. Secondly, if you are not following Jesus, um, maybe you have to ask why, right? Why are you not? Because I think the expectations of what it means to be a follower of Jesus might be swayed. Yeah. You know, because we look at the disciples who follow Jesus, we go, that's exactly right. Because they got to be disciples. Mm. And then they can follow Jesus. Yes. Like, i got to be this person to do this. Yes. And here, John is saying, well, you're kind of connected to me. Mm. And I'm, gonna, I, I'm the guy. I'm, I'm, you're the branch. But, like, just stay connected to me. And I'll take care of your growth. Yes. Like I'll I'll step I'll make sure you step into your purpose. I'll step into your passions. I'll I'll make sure that happens. All you do mm. is just stay connected to me. And so that's why the last question is pretty uh, timely for that. And that is, and I think you kind of mentioned that too. Is last question: Why should we follow Jesus? Why should men follow Jesus? Uh, I think that men should follow Jesus because. Following Jesus, following in his footsteps, modeling our life after him is transformational. It, it will transform you from the inside out. And mm. all of us, I think all of us have this innate desire to be, quote unquote, the best version of ourselves. And I think Jesus invites us into this is what transformation actually looks like. This is what it looks like to engage in a mature kind of spirituality. This is it. This is what it actually looks like. And um, yeah, that's, I, I think that that's really, really important. And, and the last thing that I would say too, and you can correct me if, if, you, if you don't agree with, with this part of what I'm going to say, but I think we as the body of Christ need to deconstruct this idea that we have to continue to do things to get closer to God. That there are things that we, because I think for men and women, but I know, I've worked with a lot of men in, in, my, in my therapy practice, it's like they feel like they have to continue to do things so that God could then actually look upon them with love. Right. And, and I believe, and, and Baxter Kruger puts it so well, he says, the Christian life is about discovery. It's essentially about discovering mm -hmm his love for us. And I think that's the vision of John in John 13 through 17, where we are actually discovering our union with him, our actual union with him. But just because it's union doesn't mean that it's always positive 100% of the time. No, sometimes it takes work. It takes therapy. It takes spiritual direction. It takes all of this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And so I, I, my, my, I guess my last hurrah, or my last thing I would want to say is, you are never going to get closer to God than you are right now. Hmm. And we, what you will get hmm. is you will become more aware of that closeness, and you will become more aware of that intimacy. So, that's and what... That, no, that's great. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's so many, some, so many profound thoughts on that. In that. Um, so, to summarize just a little bit, one, uh, again, friends, I hope you got this. Number one, transformation is God 
removing and allowing things to fall off of you subconsciously. Yeah, fall away. Fall away. That's pruning right there. Yes. That is such a great um, mm -hmm. interpretation and understanding of John 15. Mm -hmm. So that's what transformation is. That means the pressure's off. The pressure is off, as in he'll cut it off. Like, you know what I'm saying? He'll take care of that. Yes. Like, you do, the, you, you be, you, you do and be the person you're meant to yes. be. You move forward. You stay connected. You abide, like he said, you mm. abide in me. And then he'll take care of that. That's one. The second one you said is, you, you, you're not going to be, you're not, not going to get closer than you are right now. Which, you, I don't know if you'd realize this. Like, I love that idea because <laughs> for so long, I've heard people say, good Good people say, you know, pe there are some people who are so far away from God, so far away from God, they need to come closer. And I'm like, mm. stop saying that. <laughs> like, stop saying yeah. that. Because if you read the scriptures, he's like, if, you're, if you go up there, I'm there. If you go down yes. there, I'm there. Yeah. If you do this, I'm there. If you, like, and not just one guy's idea of where God is, but then also in the scriptures, he's like, you're in me. You're, I'm, I work mm. in you. You're through me. I'm connected to you. Like, so if I left you, you would cease to exist. Mm. Like, so I'm not leaving you. So I love that, man, because that gives us so yes. much hope. Like, yes. So uh, I thought I have to do things to be yeah. close. But being aware of that closeness. Yes. So, so good, bro. It allows us to grow in awareness of his love for us. Yeah. And, it's, and we know the source. We know our identity. And then we can actually lean into that yeah. and walk into that and be aware that from the foundations of the world, he has made a place for us in a relationship mm -hmm. with him. And that's, yeah. talk about good news. That's good yeah. news right there. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Also, I was going to say this. It's like, like what, what you said, it's, it's, it's sparking. All, it's sparkling. Sparkling? Sparkling? No. Sparking? <laughs> yeah, it's sparking. One of those things. One of those words. Uh, English is a second language here. <laughs> and me. <laughs> yeah. well, for you too? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not like, it's, the reason why I, uh, like for me, coming to Jesus was so profound for me is because, honestly, I, it's not like I was seeking forgiveness. Mm. I wasn't. Like when I found Jesus, I found purpose. Yeah. And here's the beautiful thing about that, like what you said. It's not like all of a sudden I came to Jesus and he gave me something. No, it was like I came to Jesus and he pulled out something. Oh, wow. And so I think that's what, if men would just know that, man, when you come to Christ, he doesn't give you what you don't have. He just pulls all everything that he's already oh, put wow. inside of you. And so that's why you won't be any closer than you are right now. Mm. You can be so much more aware, though. So, Amen. Yeah. That'll, that'll I, preach right I there, know, man. No, that's, that's, that's. <laughs> and you want to pray for us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why don't you pray for us? Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you that you are present and living in us. Mm -hmm. And you... You are living and breathing inside of us. And, and I pray that we would continue to walk into and, and become more aware of our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. And that it's not out of a place of striving. It's not out of a place of continuing to have to do more and more and more. But it's out of a place of love that you you have loved us from the very start and we get to actually live and breathe and walk and do everything that we get to do because of your deep and great love for us. Uh, in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.